You're listening to the Blender Institute Podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Are you overloaded with too many Pablos? There can only be Juan Pablo on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org. Joining us today is Francesco Sidi. Hello. Pablo Vasquez. Hello. Good one. <laughs> Andy Goralchik. Hello. And I'm Healthy Amazon. Here's your host, Francesco. Whoa. Don't, hey don't there. Fall. Almost fell. <laughs> Almost fell. <laughs> He almost fell from the chair, shouting too loud. Woo. Welcome to the 25th episode of the Blender Institute podcast. This week, we are going to talk about the Blender developers meeting that happened a couple of days ago. Some uh, new development that is happening on Blender, as it always does all the time. Bandy bones, anyone? Bandy bones. Yeah, they bend. Mm. And then we're going to name drop some other hot technologies like 3D printing hashtag. and VR. Hashtag VR, <laughs> hashtag 3D printing and stuff. And uh, we are going to talk about what's new in the studio, new development going on with the agent, new development going on with the cloud, like new things coming up. And then we are going to answer some questions that uh, you guys are always awesomely asking us on the blog. So let's get down to it. And uh, Paolo, what's up with the community news? Community. Well, first, it's a shameless plug. We are There is a spring cleaning on the Blender store. So uh, we are giving away... We're giving for free a, a art of book for everybody that's subscribing for a year on the, on the cloud. So yeah, just that. It's on Blender.org. It's on store of Blender.org. So if you want a free art book, just get a year. If you're already subscribed, I, I heard you can actually extend your subscription for another year. Oh, yeah. nice! But wow. you have to like Ooh. mail ton or something. Rick like. the system. <laughs> I need to mail the uh, cloud support at Blender.org, but yeah. uh, it can be done actually. Nice. Interesting. So you can go like subscribe me to 2020 or something <laughs> like that. Exactly. Super fun. Uh, okay, so that's with the plug. <laughs> then uh, there's uh, job offers, new job offers in the, in the Blender community. There are two new shops this week on the Blender Network Jobs Board. The first one is um, is for scripting. So um, there is this company, TMC, that wants to. Uh, develop a, an add-on and they are looking for scripters so if you're good at python check that out cool. if you're an animator and an educator too or good on training then cg cookie is looking for an instructor for their for cg cookie if you're if you're not cg cookie there yeah, they're <laughs> um, cool guys yeah yeah <laughs> no. uh, or blender cookie um you should go and check it check it out also in the jobs blendernetwork.org slash jobs Yes, I always get a little confused when uh, because they kind of changed their name a bit, right? Because it used to be just like Blender Cookie, but then it became CG Cookie slash Blender. Oh, there was always the always CG Cookie. Always, yeah. Yeah, because okay. they have other cookies like Sculpt and Drawings. Yeah. And I always got a bit confused yeah, when, when other trying cookies to besides just Blender. recommend the, the, them. And... The Blender Institute. Ah, Blender no! Oh, no! Okay, Blender we're worse. <laughs> what are we? A studio? An I institute? Don't know. A foundation? Don't, don't change his signature don't... to Blender Institute slash studio. So it's, we're slowly migrating. <laughs> we still can't. Yeah. Can't do it, but eventually we're gonna be Blender Studio. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're kind of in a studio right now, so yeah, yeah. it has walls, it has a ceiling. Yeah, that's all it's we just, need. <laughs> not much of an institute anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. It depends how you call it. Because sometimes I find myself still saying, "Okay, well, see you at the institute," and I'm like, "I'm in the institute." Yeah, it must sound true. so bad. Like if somebody listens to you, you're like, "Yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay, yeah." But what kind of institute? You must be a doctor, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, with, so, with so many doctors, then yeah. it's gonna make more sense to call it the institute. I don't know. <laughs> And then we're the lunatics, yeah. yeah exactly. The rest of us. <laughs> the Looney Tunes. <laughs> Looney Tunes. <laughs> so that's it with um, with whatever I was talking about. <laughs> There's time for Blender stuff, Blender development itself. So many things happen. As you mentioned, there has been a developers meeting, but also there has been new branches in the, in Blender itself, in Blender Master. One of them being the Psycho slash CUDA bindless textures. They're in Master now. So Andy is going to talk about it I at have, length. <laughs> at length. I have, I have no idea. Sorry, Thomas, but no. Basically, it means that there is no more texture <laughs> limits and less memory usage. I mean, there is limits, but they are yeah. so high that there's doesn't it's not like they used to. Mm, Before, but it's, it's cool. We like less memory. Yes. Yeah. The yeah, the the memory the, usage. Yes. Memory Mem usage. Yeah. Memory what? <laughs> we like uh, this. Uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> what we were talking at the other about? I don't know. Um, Yes, yeah, so great work by Thomas Dingus, Dingto. So it's part of the Summer of Code, right? It's, it's part of the, the Images Summer of Code. Yeah, I think he's been getting ahead 
Yeah, he is piling through his work. Yeah, because Google good. Summer of Code starts now this week, as far it's, as I know. But some uh, people... yeah, well, the official is next Monday, twenty third. Right. Okay. When when was that? Next week. Yeah, next yeah. week. I think. Yeah. So um. So yeah, it's pretty much ahead. So congratulations, Thomas. Keep it up. Awesome. More development. Um, poll merging is in master. What can you tell us about? Well, <laughs> I mean, you might recall that was two weeks ago, right? Yeah. Here in the podcast, yeah. uh, we had uh, Sergey, but also Sebastian. And uh, he was uh, suggesting this feature that is apparently in other 3D packages that render this kind of stuff, which is not that many, apparently. But um, if I if I recall correctly, it kind of merges the stereo perspective on the poles of a panoramic image. So if you look up or down, you don't see 3D. Exactly. But, but it's better than what you currently or what you would have seen before, which is this weird... Inverted, strange inverted, 3D. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's what we get. It's a master right now. Sergey was awesome and he made it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it took only a few days and it was there. It's yeah. The magic. A so few Sergey days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, if you want a feature to... <laughs> be made just come here and uh, to the institution <laughs> bring cookies yeah. bring cookies yeah. everything will be fine yeah so poll merging is there then um, more news on the current project is that the short list of uh, for 278 is becoming quite interesting so 278 is the next um, the next release and it's already getting uh, it was supposed to be like a small release before we go to 2.8, but actually it's getting a bunch of stuff. Like, well, the micro displacement is there, it's on the list. Yeah. The B-Bones wow. is there, we're going to talk about it in a bit. The, well, pole merging is there. Um, so many improvements. Well, the the, <clears throat> the bindless textures also. I hear there might be some Alembic too. Whoa. Yeah. And right now, Sergey is actually working on a feature for texture painting. Um, a thing, a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what? What is it now? That what? I don't. I don't want to say too much, but uh, it's it's going to be great. It's going to be yeah. great. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, it's uh, just for the view the, the the viewport display of textures while you're painting. Oh yeah, that now it requires a bit of a workflow, right? Yeah, you need to go. Basically, you need to go to a Blender internal. Um, add a blender internal material, assign the color map that you're painting, assign the bond map and the specular map, and then you'll see it displayed in the viewport as a GLSL shader. And uh, I just, I I asked Sergey, can we actually make that work in cycles with the, sh- uh, the shader node tree or, or just a simpler setup using the shader node tree uh, from cycles? So uh, he was going to give it a try. So maybe. Wow, that would be amazing. Yeah. Because it, it really looks great. Like when I see your your tutorials and everything, like the viewport is like, is that Blender? And it is, but it's Blender internal with yeah, some t- tricks on top of it. So it takes a long time to set up. And yeah. So the viewport itself can handle that level of detail, but it's just not, uh, yeah, not in cycle. So that would be great if that could make it to 278. which is coming at the end of uh, July, maybe. That's one release date, tentative release date they're talking about. Another feature that was added a couple of days ago uh, is Bendy Bones, B-Bones. B-Bessier, Ben, Ben Bone. The best best bones. Best bones. <laughs> Bouncing bones. Bones. Bouncy. No. Um, so there is this feature B-Bones that was added by Ton back in the, I don't know, we always make a joke in the 90s, but it is not 90s. It was, <laughs> um, I don't know, 240 something. I, I think it was even at Elfin something? Stream. No, yeah. okay, 240. When, when he remade the whole armature. For for spines, rain. Yes, for spines and that kind of stuff. It was hardly ever used because it was a bit cumbersome. And the deformation wasn't that great because uh, one of the biggest drawbacks was that you uh, in in edit mode it will always be straight so you can't have it be curved so Mm. if you model something curved and you add a b-bone as soon as you apply that deformation on top of your model it uh, gets distorted so 
But that what, was, isn't that the issue with all of the types of bones? Uh, no, but, but uh, if uh, normal mm. bones, they're just they're just straight. But the B mm. bones, like if they if they had a curvature, like that was inherited by the 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 bones that were at the root and at the tip. Mm. Like if it was not if it wasn't straight by default, yeah. then it would deform as soon as you went outside of edit mode. Oh yeah, so that yeah. was okay. yeah. so. Imagine like if you have this S shape. Yeah. That S shape wouldn't be there if uh, if you're in edit mode. mode. It will just be straight. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, and that's fixed now with the new bendy bones. Awesome. Yeah. Great name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, there's this feature. There used to be this feature the for for the B bones, which was was basically adding like an ease in and out for uh, distorting the bone at the at the root or the tip um, based on the connected bones, right? Well, I mean, you're yeah. That that was B bones before. B bones are just Bessier, bones yeah. that uh, have uh, a, a number of subdivisions. Yeah, yeah and they have these is in and out. But now there's new B uh, bendy bones that yeah. were um, designed. Well, they they were implemented by Allegorith, but the idea uh, was by um, um, Pepperland, and the code was by can't remember the name Sentinel on on. Uh, on Twitter, so it's a team effort and it's now in uh, Master. Pepeland yeah. re released a nice video about it that I'm gonna link on the description, and it's awesome. Have you seen them? I just saw the video. It looks really promising. Yeah, yeah. I checked out uh, uh, the interface for it, and uh, it's really nice. It would be even more amazing if there was uh, um, a way to to actually display the Bezier uh, shape. And uh, while you're editing it, uh, right now you just have to go through the the, the editing buttons and uh, mm. click on the values. And later, if you want to rig that, you need to add a lot of helper bones yeah, uh, to access much. those values or yeah, by using was, drivers. That was my first thought uh, as soon as I saw how they were re interacting with it, which uh, is all these different sliders on the side in the panel. Then immediately I thought, oh, okay, so I make this one bone, one handy bone. But then I'll probably end up just making um, all these small helper or controller bones, and then uh, put a driver there and hook them up to. So I won't. I'll end up not saving any bones <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> technically. But uh, one cool thing that I tried uh, was adding uh, a constraint, a copy location constraint mm. to that bone. Um, well, uh, more specifically, if you add, if you want to have a small object that is uh, that has a copy location to that bone mm. you can now uh you remember there was a a slider that you can move it you can slide between head and tail of the yeah. bone yeah now you can slide it on <gasps> the actual busier curve no way yeah it's so cool oh that okay that is really cool nice yeah well done you guys yeah well done <laughs> so i mean once the widgets project uh, gets uh oh wow implemented, yeah. that's gonna be so amazing totally yeah Yes, yeah, there is a nice blog post a blog post about it in uh, code.blender.org and and in Allegorith. He's linking to it. Um, Joshua Long's uh, blog. Yeah. And the developer, the original developer of the feature, was Jose Molina. I was uh, missing the name. Mm -hmm. um, so he made like a prototype, and then it was and and uh, Pepeland also talked about it at the Blender conference last year. Yeah. Yeah. So that got everybody's attention. So it's maybe it's a good idea to just propose. It's like a papers. We could do like a series of papers, you know, on the, on the Blender conference. Yeah. Where developers and artists maybe can propose features. That and even cool. try to implement it themselves in the ugliest way possible so that the developer cringes and runs to implement it. <laughs> that's the best way. <laughs> that's the best. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, but, but, I mean, but that's how it works. The same for, uh, for the mesh cache, I think, was something like that um, back in the days. It was also added. You know, ugly and fast way, but then you can make it better. Make it better, or, or like another developer that already knows the code can do it better. Yeah, it's so. always good to uh, to sort of approximate one to what like your feature request by whatever tools you have, either by making an add-on, yeah. making an image, or uh, just like even just drawing a vector of graphics. But uh, yeah, if, but if you have an image and it yeah. actually looks quite kind of nice and it all makes sense still like try to use a font that's kind of cringe worthy so at least <laughs> the developer goes oh and i gotta I gotta go in there and fix it <laughs> yeah <laughs> like pointiness and <laughs> <laughs> bendy bones so that's with bendy bones 
the bee bones. How are we going to call it from now on? Something that's, consistent. <laughs> yes. So that's it for now. Uh, the plans for 2.8. There is a 2.8 branch now already, which is getting um, uh, is, is being worked on. Well, it's going to be worked on by everybody, of course. But uh, Alexander Romanov from the Blend for Web team is working on it, and he's been already removing some stuff. Um, he started work on a temporary removal of Blender internal. Wow. Wow. Start which, the drama. <laughs> yes. My heart is... Oh, hard. No. Sorry, guys. I need to... Um, no, but I mean, it's, it's for the greater good. It's uh, the, the, for the viewport to have... To, to be cleaner. Because Blender internal is going to be in the viewport. Hopefully, that's yes. That's what you're going to see. That's the whole, time, yeah. all the time. Imagine. So you're not going to miss it. We, uh, we wish we could. I mean, gonna, not everything, but you could move most of the things from Blender internal to the viewport nowadays. You're going to take internal behind the shed and then <laughs> <laughs> like you hear a loud bang and then they come back and it's like, yeah, he's living on a farm now. <laughs> it's all good. No. Yeah. He has so much space and that's so room for activities. <laughs> <laughs> but meet the cycles guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new puppy on yeah, the street. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. It's a much better for you. So yeah. Who said we're not good at writing stories? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, exactly. So sad though. Oh, sad stories. Yeah, so that's for 2.8. Uh, <laughs> the Well, Summer of Code. And we are over with development. The next Monday, so we're saying 23rd of May, is the official start of the Summer of Code. So several students already started. Yes, they have. Um, mainly Thomas and... Thomas. I mean, I know Julian has been working on something. He has Yeah, well, meeting, he's working on the widgets every day. I see the commit log, so... Yeah, but so, yeah. that and on top, those are the layer manager. I know he's working on it with Tom. And, uh, but it's not, there is nothing public yet, so they're still developing it, but... That I heard there is some activity going on. And yeah, yeah. It's something merger. I'm really excited about, that project. The layers? Yeah, because it's going to tackle an issue that apparently looks simple. Okay, we just want more layers. But it has very deep implication in the compositing and the render layer system. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they what he figures out, how to do it, how it's yeah. going to work. So, yeah. And artist feedback is much appreciated for this. So maybe we can all... Jump in. I've yeah. seen uh, Basam offered help on, on, on Twitter um, to, to help uh, Julian with this. So I hope. But don't be a negative Nancy. Like, uh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. no, but it's such a big project. Like yeah. having, going from 20 layers to yeah. unlimited layers. Unlimited, unlimited layers. Yeah. So we need unlimited amount of little blocks in the header. <laughs> more, more, more. And then yeah. it keeps going. There's a plus button. It adds, yeah. adds couples more. of two and it becomes one very long. Got to lengthen our keyboard for the shortcuts for all the new layers. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be able to play layer Tetris. Oh. Yeah. Amazing. So if you want to know more about this, you can join the, the Summer of Code list uh, the, on list.blender.org. And the, the list is called SOC, Summer of Code. Dash 2016 dev. There you can follow all the news and latest development and see how the, the mentors kick the students <laughs> um, to, to get their work up. So that's it with the Blender development itself. Um, about the. Um, no, that's about it. We can jump into. That's great. Into 3D printing. <gasps> 3D printing. Hashtag. Hashtag 3D printing. so cool. Wow, okay. So, <laughs> what's the status of the 3D printing business at the Blender Institute? The 3D printing business at the Blender Institute is uh, is going fine, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've seen some pieces uh, coming out uh, for mm. nerve cancer, right? Yeah, I, I, had this, uh, I had this idea too, uh, because, you know, it's, it's not that they're children toys, but they're not necessarily meant for people of, of higher stature and length longer for kids of one <laughs> kids of one meter eighty <laughs> higher IQ and longer limbs basically so the the beard. stocks <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah beard and heavy voices so uh, the stocks are usually way smaller than they should be for us um, so I wanted to design the stock that could be customizable and put on every single one of them and uh, yeah I kind of made implementation and i got andy to try to help me out print it and every time there's been some something that went a bit wrong yeah. accidents yeah well, accidents. that's because the printer that we have is a bit bit old yeah. and uh, it's not up to current technology yeah. but 
the amazing thing is, and that's why I'm super excited because Ooh. today we might be we might be getting uh, a new 3D printer, wow. Wow. which is amazing because um, it's from my favorite company of uh, 3D printers. It's from Aleph Objects. They're in Colorado and they make uh, open source, open hardware 3D printers. Wow. So they have an entire print farm there. They actually print the parts for their printer from their <laughs> printers themselves. And uh, but their their printers are uh, really high quality. So they have uh, metal frames and everything. But a high number of those printers are still printed parts. So you can modify your printers if uh, you want. If an update comes out to your printer, you can actually print it out and add it on your printer, which is amazing. And they've been using Blender to uh, render prototypes of their current wow. uh, printer as well. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of them. And they gave us uh, an, a Lulzbot Mini, which is amazing. Yay. Um, it's uh, it's not their current uh, model, which is the Lulzbot TAS 6, mm. which uh, is a big, huge printer. Yeah, The Mini is a mm. kind of small printer, but it's really nice to test out uh, the whole workflow here and especially to see if we can improve something uh, on the Blender side of things, make the export go yeah. more straightforward, uh, scale issues, how do we um, edit models, uh, how do we treat overhangs and stuff, and how do we export in a simple manner. So yeah. that would be great to, to test. Yeah, basically. totally. And all the different tests we've done is, of course, like totally made in blender and then like try to try to use it and see how it works with 3d printing uh and it is interesting that the one we have now is so old school that you see all these things that yeah. have now been so obviously approved upon yeah like improved um so the yeah like how old is it right now is it six years it's old? from 2012 yeah. 2010 to i don't remember it's a lulzbot ao 100 yeah so I think when uh, when we got it, it was already a bit dated. Yeah, and it's a great printer. It's actually very sturdy. It has an aluminum frame, but um, there are some kinks with it that just comes from the fact that it's based on an open source design from back then, and there are some some problems with it. Like the the Z axis is uh, kind of it uses these threaded rods, which are not industrial grade, so mm. they kind of uh, wiggle a little bit, which gives you this. Uh, pattern in the model that's a bit annoying yeah and uh then there's some some problems but overall it's a really solid printer and uh you can t still totally use it yeah but it's uh it's a bit further behind <laughs> yeah yeah totally <laughs> yeah and the the max uh, capable area i think for that one is 20 by 20 by 15 centimeters something like that yeah yeah and then this one the new one will be 15 by 15 by 15 roughly okay it's, yeah it's it's uh, all right it's nice yeah. to make little figurines and yeah. stuff and i'm always interested in making things like stackable and uh yeah. you know stuff that you can combine yeah totally um like for my diploma project i uh i printed I only printed things that were a maximum of seven centimeters tall, mm. wow. which if you want to have reasonable detail, I mean, you have to, if you have a lot of detail in the thing and you're printing it at 0 0.1 millimeter uh, layer height, then already you have to wait for 14 hours or so until yeah. the thing finishes. So you're not going to print longer than that, than that anyway, if you, yeah, yeah, because then the longer you print, the more, uh, errors you can have with the model like if it uh, if a layer jumps or if the feed isn't right there's so many things that can go wrong yeah. uh, and uh, that's why yeah the current technology of open source 3d printers is actually quite uh advanced, advanced. Yeah. yeah so totally. uh, so i'm really looking forward to testing that out yeah i got i got really inspired when you were showing me the the the, the one we had when you set it up and everything and i started watching all these different videos on um, uh, things that people have designed that they have put on Thingiverse or whatever, and then seeing the results of that, and then seeing them make version number two, like because they made it with some notions, and then they saw it three D printed and used by an actual person, maybe on the other side of the planet, and then they had some feedback, and then they went back and mm. did improve, and it's like, what is this? Like, what year is this? You know, yeah. we're living in the future. But also the the whole idea of um, uh, pressure fitting mm -hmm. that was that's just fascinating to me that you can you yeah. can design it to such a degree today that you 
kind of technically don't need to always uh, put these holes in which you put all these screws and stuff. You could design it in such a way to such a degree that you could just pressure fit it together and it should snap in place. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And then, of course, if you're using multiple different materials, mm. uh, if you're using ABS, you can self-weld things together yeah. and it will be really strong. And there are so many great materials out there right now. So... Totally. Yeah, cool stuff. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I have just one quick question about this, like uh, regards the workflow. Hashtag 3D hashtag, printing. Hashtag 3D printing <laughs> workflow. Um, how do you expect this to work? In the same way that you do it now? You do something in Blender and then you export it in the format? Yeah. So right now, I mean, for people who have done this before, if you're working uh, with Blender, you just have to export an STL file which then you load into your slicing software. There's multiple of these around. Um, the one very popular one that's also open source is called Cura. It's from the guys that make uh, Ultimaker. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and then you slice your model and that uh, actually generates the path for the printer to follow because mm -hmm. it's just like a hot glue gun thing. And I think that's still the, the way to go. I mean... You can probably right now using Python and other stuff, you can implement those things into Blender totally, but then you need to keep that up to date. And uh, it's maybe a bit too cumbersome. And of course, also the the printer relies, especially if you're printing tethered, like you're printing with uh, your computer to uh, attached to the printer, then your USB connection needs to be reliable and the data stream has to be uh constant has to be fluid yeah i i don't know maybe there is some magic <laughs> attached to this <laughs> has a wee magic but yeah um so because you're actually driving the the chip on the that the printer is uh using to drive the serve uh, the, the the motors to, uh you're driving that with your own computer yeah using uh g-code so it has it to be reliable and there's a million things that can go wrong so i would just prefer to have that dedicated piece of software. You're saying Blender is not stable enough? <laughs> <laughs> Blender is awesome, but maybe, maybe, maybe if you have it's a good to have a specialized program that does only that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. probably people will start like send to print and then render at the same time and playing yeah. back animation and, <laughs> and then, hey, it doesn't print. And quit Blender. Yeah. And quit forget Blender. that it's actually printing. And uh, Ouch. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's uh, it's it's totally out of question. I mean, it would be really interesting to see it, uh, just to have a print button in, in Blender. Blender and say a wow. send to printer and it prints the thing. Mm. And you can, you can already see, like see the, the model in, in the viewport and the right size and everything. Yeah. But then the, the slicing softwares are really specialized also for, for display. So you can visualize the path. You can visualize the different materials that you are using when you have, for example, two extruders or three or four, I don't know anyone who has four extruders, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. So, so what's extruder? What's what? What is that? I know nothing. Sorry? The the nozzle know. basically that yeah. that huh. presses out the the like the melts the plastic and then presses oh, that it thing. out. Okay. Yeah, that's called the extruder, and you can have like I, extrude like e. It extrudes key. plastic. Yeah, so yeah. it uh -huh. it takes plastic in and it, it creates a little sausage of plastic. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Nice. It's like Good a hot, yeah, it's like a little hot glue gun. Yeah. And then it just uh, goes around. traces a path. Interesting. And that's how it works. It's it's simple, but uh, there's lots of things that can go wrong there. Mm. Great. So we'll see new prints soon. Totally. Yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I think uh, we can move on with the studio news, as in uh, what's been happening in the studio in the past week. And uh, I'd like to ask uh, Hjalti, what's the progress with the agent? And uh, um, Yeah, so uh, I worked on a new... Well, I, I keep, of course, working on and refining the story reel and try to find different ways of, of uh, updating the story. And sometimes it's best to just convey it with a drawing. Sometimes it's, it's fine to just use a, a rig in the layout and just try to... Uh, block some stuff out and we saw that especially with uh, the fight scene that it helps out a lot because then you can also try to find the different angles for the cameras and it, it, those things kind of go hand in hand so 
if something changes regarding the fight, the choreography, the, the camera needs to change also. And vice versa, if something just doesn't look good in the camera angle, then I need to change what happens in front of it. And doing it like a live action thing won't necessarily work. Drawing is going to be horrific. Like you can't, yeah. like you, that's just not going to, it's not going to fly. So um, I did some uh, testing with that. So I actually updated the, the fight choreography all the way to the end of the fight. And I did some live action reference of myself just playing out some of the parts roughly in the beginning. And then I also redid the whole beginning just as another alternate version of, um, and, I, and I managed to shave off a couple of seconds there. But as it is now, it is too long. It is too long. And that's just because we had all these things we wanted to put in it. But um, once you put them all together, like little Lego bricks or whatever, and you try to allow them all to have their moment, meaning that like they're not too long, they're not too short, so they're inc incomprehensible. And there is no way I can take all these elements I have right now and make it be 90 seconds. There's just no way. So right now, as it stands, it's about two minutes. And uh, we have to see what we can come up with. But of course, Annecy is coming up. So now we're shifting gears slightly because we want to produce some um, animation and some renders and some stuff for Annecy. So it looks like we will be putting the, the story updates a little bit on the back burner while we kind of shift our focus for Annecy. And then when we come back, we hopefully have some uh, some inspirational things where we, where we talk to industry veterans and uh, <laughs> legendary animators and storytellers and stuff. Maybe. No. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We won't so be invited to the party? Will, no? Okay. <laughs> we will be so enlightened. And after that, everything will go smoothly. So. Of course. Wow. Of course. It's going to yeah. solve everything. So but it's, 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 yeah. it's, not, it's in one month, right? That we're leaving and then we're coming back. So it's not going to shift. Focus. No, yeah, it's not. It's not 100, but it's, uh, but it's, it's a little bit more on the back burner, meaning yeah. that at least for this week, uh, I will relax a little bit ab about overthinking the entire story thing, and then maybe this weekend I can have some, you know, time to think about it, and next week hopefully. Yeah, uh, you've been publishing updates on the cloud, right, including yeah. this live action thing that you did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, and and I've had some really positive feedback um the the ending i mean you can tell if you if you watch story reel number five which is the most current version you can really see that at some point it just switches to these really old drawings and that's the section that i i ha i well i think everybody here had the most problem with where it, it kind of didn't flow correctly necessarily um and that's why I, I i decided because everything else had to click together first so I, so I decided to focus on the fighting only for a couple of days and then only focus on the beginning for a couple of days just to make those things work. Because if you're, it's like a, it's like pieces of a puzzle. And if you always have the puzzle pieces hypothetical, yeah. then you just end up having nothing in your hands and you're kind of like you keep re-scrambling the whole puzzle. I don't know, this metaphor is just going out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> When everything is falling apart and yeah. you don't know what to do. Yeah, and you're crying in the corner. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, but that's uh, it's good. I think that uh, having a break every once in a while, it always helps to clear your head. And uh, there is plenty of things to do anyway for the development of the character or like oh, testing yeah. animation, testing the new rigs that are coming in. So Totally. And I am a big bottleneck when it comes <laughs> to that stuff. So Yeah, but also with the uh, changing focus to make more of the artwork and to show off yeah. our stuff. And Annecy is also going to bring you more uh, inspiring, right? It yeah, totally. More ideas. Like, oh, maybe having this, if we ever get to those kind of nice images that we want to make. We have the characters already, I heard. Well, we have the layout versions of, well, the rigs. Ah, yeah, the yeah, rigs. The, yeah. the rigs are layout versions right With, now. Which rigs? The agent? Uh, the agent, Barber, and Boris. Uh, I've only really tested the agent at this point. Um and a little bit of Boris. I haven't checked out the, the third one. But the uh, the layout versions, even though I, I actually started animating a little bit now, just, just for the Annecy, just to test out the character a little bit. And, you know, I, you know, you stumble upon a couple of things and you ask Juan Pablo and he, you know, he comes up with a suggestion and fixes it on, on the spot very fast. Re really cool. Um, Juan Pablo, the one. Juan. <laughs> Juan. There can only be Juan. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> 
So uh, yeah, the um, yeah we're uh, working on it. There are some things, of course, a lot of things that are missing at this point because it's not the final final rig. Just like cartoony bones and stuff like that. I keep hitting the mic. I am sorry, audience. Donk <laughs> donk every now and then. Cool. Well then. Uh, Speaking of cool. <laughs> Steve, you still, oh, no, 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 okay, okay. I have to, I have to explain you okay. once before we do the podcast. <laughs> but uh, still talking about the the agent project and talking about the characters, Andy has been publishing on Twitter and on the cloud uh, a lot of his uh, work in progress with the agent, especially. You are doing textures and your favorite part, the UV unwrapping of the agent. Yeah, yeah I so. I started UV unwrapping on Tuesday, yeah. I think. It, I took a day for it just because it's uh, important. <laughs> I mean, I could easily spend a week on this and to get it absolutely perfect, but then we need to hurry up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And uh, so I started texturing the agent, just the face right now, because the, the jacket is probably going to change topology slightly, but the face is set right now. Um, so I, I, I started painting the color map and the bump map for now. Uh, that's going to be enough for just doing quick test renders. And then uh, next I'm going to be moving to Boris. Mm -hmm. So maybe today, the second half, and uh, on Friday, uh, we'll start seeing some renders of Boris. And uh, then I'll just approximate everything and then refine everything based on that. Because for, for Anasi, we will just have a couple of big high-resolution renders, mainly. And then some uh, animations that are going to be rendered. So no huge close-ups of the face. So I can can take some, uh, some, how do you call that? Some liberty? Some yeah, yeah. Free, liberty, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really curious to see what you do with uh, Boris in particular. Yeah. The, the man is an albino. And of course, everything is so... Um, or extrapolated basically when you make a comic book version of that that he ends up being just completely white like yeah. a, like a white piece of paper yeah he's not yeah. colored yeah at all on any level so um uh that kind of yeah that raises the question like how how far do you go is he, do you go so white with no like nothing at all happening in his face that it's super weird and flat or do you allow some you know, not a beard, but like little stubbles, or do you allow some yeah. flecks of skin, or is it is it more like a molds, <laughs> molds, yeah, <laughs> or is it like he's super super pale and that's it? It's yeah. not white white. Well, according to Martin Lodewijk, he mm. is an albino, yeah, and in some comic books, he even had his hands colored in a normal flesh tone, and then Martin says, "Oh no, no, that was a mistake by the coloring guy." Yeah. So <laughs> It was great hearing that from him because yeah. uh, we had our own thoughts about that. Like, what? So his what happened hands, to his face? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then is it a mask? I, I thought for some time that maybe it was a mask. All right. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it was just so inconsistent having uh, normal hands and then yeah. a completely white face. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, when we asked, Martin said that he doesn't have any facial hair. So I think we're going to take some liberty with that to give just give him a little bit more depth. Yeah. Of course, we don't want to make it too gross because kids. But then why, <laughs> hey, kids. But then why shouldn't we make things gross and disgusting? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Yeah, here's yeah. a sheep hanging around. Mm -hmm. no? no? No. No for kids? No. no. Okay. No, but he's, he's, he's an evil guy right he's a bad guy so they're allowed to be yeah broken. exactly yeah, and yeah. he he pulls all these faces so i'm i'm it's gonna be fun he's like, just trying to feed his family <laughs> <laughs> you guys jeez. Yeah. <laughs> try to look at it from another angle yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah he he will be lots of fun to texture yeah um because does he I'm, troll on the just, <laughs> speaking of gross i mean does he no, and then the cartoon. Not a stroke comic? victim. No, <laughs> no, but I mean, with the, the, with the way it, it opens the mouth and everything, uh, is yeah, that that's yeah. not normal. Wow. Yeah, but mm. well, we'll see. We'll see what I come up, come up with. It's yeah, it it's always fun. inspiring to to load up the model and then doodle some things and then see where it brings you. So uh, even right now with the agent, I'm I'm painting in way too many wrinkles and then I have to turn it down later on anyway. Mm. But it's uh, it's really nice to see where that model brings you to yeah what sort of level of detail it informs and 
what you can do and what you can't do and all that kind of stuff. It's fun. And I leave the wrinkles in in case he ages. You know, <laughs> never know. We had that no with spoilers. Tinder. Suddenly, hey, he, he yeah. ages. Well, what? <laughs> I, I remember seeing one of the uh, behind the scenes videos of, uh, I think it was one of the like the tutorial videos or whatever, and there was the slider for aging. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just so funny, see, because you could take it too far. And all of a sudden, she's not, you know, like 60 or 70. She's like 120. <laughs> the boobs are like reaching her knees. And like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, that's open content. Yeah, you yeah. can do anything with it. Gravity taking its toll. <laughs> wow. Yeah. One thing that's going to be really uh, interesting, which I would like to try out, especially with Boris, is uh, is bump map based on, uh, based on the rig, driven mm. by the rig. Because that's something I... I I tried ages ago mm. and it was never really possible because there were no drivers and then later there, there was no need for it. Mm. So that that would be something really cool. Like especially if you blink, you want to have a custom wrinkle pattern when in you're your there. eyes. And when your mouth does a certain shape, you want to have wrinkles for that. Yeah, I guess with Python, you can do some of that. Well, you can just mm. drive a texture map with a... With, ah, with drive, a a, drive, drive a yeah. mix. Uh, a mix node or whatever between yeah. two quarter maps. And then in, in, in Blendrick, there's uh, already a couple of uh, bones that are used for drivers, especially for shape keys. So we can uh, totally in theory, just use those. And of course, we're we're making a cartoon right now, so we shouldn't overdo it, but it would be nice to to test that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah I, can, like... I can tell you about a 30 second story. When I was a young man <clears throat> in like 2011, I think. Um, I, I, we were trying to pitch for a commercial campaign and we're trying to pitch this idea of a, kind of a stop motion e style to a character that was doing something or another. And, um, I, and I was tasked with like, because we had already done some prototypes of like the sketching of the character and the, and some rough modeling. And we were, we were basically tasked, how can we sell the idea that we can do it? We can do it in 3d. We could do it using Blender, and we need to make it feel like stop motion. So I, I made this. Uh, uh, so you know how uh, the the old school dependency graph doesn't really allow rotational difference. It doesn't really update it quickly enough. So like there's this weird yeah. thing. So I managed to do it with that, but I had to fake it in such a way that uh, the entire rig had to be duplicated and animated all the way through, and then that animation went on, was duplicated onto the other rig. And that other rig was then offset by one frame. <laughs> and then it would take the rotational difference of those two different rigs, those bones, that specific wow. bone in those two rigs. And then it would use the weight painting of that bone uh, and change the bump map, but only on that section. And it would do oh, it like, um, and Christ. while it was, and that bump map was, by the way, like, made out of fingerprints basically and those fingerprints would never be exactly the same so every time it happened it had this slight like little jagged feel to it but only on the areas that were moving and it kind of worked but we ended up uh, uh not getting the project uh wow. getting budget full budget yeah. for it so we had to cancel next time just use python <laughs> yeah i know yeah. i was trying to be clever but no yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and it was still no, it wouldn't work. But at least you could update a frame. Uh, you could force a refresh on, on yeah. before the render or something. And I'll, yeah, it's not the best solution that I had, but no. it it was functional. See, it yeah. worked. Um, and but now with the new dependency graph coming up, it wouldn't be as much of a hassle. You could just use rotational difference, right? Yeah. No, right? Yeah, yeah, so you, can. So you can, you can. Oh, no, he's not here. Okay, he's not here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can't wait for that. Yeah, totally. Speaking of totally. <laughs> All right. <laughs> totally. I'm lowering my head slowly. Oh, no. Yeah. Anyway, we have the Blender Cloud. Yay. So, yeah, there is a Blender Cloud. It's out there, cloud.blender.org. And um, every week we try to give a, a bit of an update of the new features that we are adding. We have been publishing a lot and we've been really pushing a lot to get features out there. And uh, last week we had the... Uh, personal, the, the uh, private uh, projects going on with the project sharing. And then there was the texture library. So the Blender Cloud texture library. And, add and then yeah, with the add-on, so you could access directly from within Blender, the content of the texture library. 
which is uh, quite useful. And uh, we are now pushing it uh, forward uh, to allow users to have their own private texture collection accessible wow. from within Blender. Amazing. My jaw just hit like the... the, the, the <laughs> Yeah, that was, the jaw. The, that was the, that the jaw dropping yeah. into the parking garage. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yes. So we started to test this and uh, we hope to release this really, really soon. It's uh, pretty much working. And uh, yeah, I already had it working for some projects that uh, Siren was sharing with me. It's funny, you, add, you use a shortcut. To, to enable the textures and then you don't only see the textures now but also see the the folder the name of a project that somebody else shared with you so that's that's pretty cool i i wasn't expecting i didn't even know he shared that project so i was like well nice mm -hmm. yeah. so you see his pictures yeah and uh, pablo has been working in uh, actually an interface uh, uh, or at least the start of it to show projects and share projects yeah this week has been complete I, well monday was day off because of some religious thing yeah, right? I don't know what happened. No, white, ma white Monday with with Mo or pink pink something in in Dutch. Yeah, okay. uh, <laughs> I, I I got the pink part only. Yeah. The, um, so yeah, so Monday was day off. So Tuesday, I well we we had some planning for the for the agent, and I feel very bad about it because they. <laughs> Last week was also okay. The, okay, we're gonna do some Asian stuff. Hey, Pablo, then, get then, down from the cloud. And no, then on no, the cloud. No, no. And this week was the same. I was supposed to do some stuff for the agent, and then the cloud. But it's all for the, for the best good. good. Yeah, the greater good again. Yeah. This time the texture. So um, the way we uploaded the the textures live, the current texture library on the cloud was a bit um, manual. So we needed a, a interface for that. So now you can. Uh, if not now, but uh, soon, you can. If you have a project, you can create a new texture folder, and then inside the texture folder, you have a new textures. You can create textures. It texture once you create it has a name and has files. So files is a variation of a texture. It can be um, color map, uh, specular map, or so any kind of map is you you create it there. So. It's a kind of a uh, was a lot of work. It was started by Francesco, then Sivran worked on it, and I was doing the last part of the the UI just to to see because you can it's it's dynamic, right? You can not every texture has a normal map or a bump map or yeah. whatever, so it has to be. Yeah, some work there to do and fixes, <laughs> lots of fixes, and then suddenly, yeah, yeah, you can have nested texture groups, texture folders, so that also needed to be done. Then you need icons for it. Then you need, you can move uh, assets in the like. There are so many things that you can do right now. Um, that it's yeah, it's a, it's a big workflow. You can do assets, you can do videos, images. They all have their own little interface. So yeah, and we try to keep it really simple though in the final user experience. And especially for textures, we were wondering at some point how is it going to work. Like we, uh, you can create these uh, textures collections in your own private projects. So this means that only you and the person you share those files with can actually access them. And how do you actually get that in Blender? We were thinking initially of adding some options or some filtering functionality and so on. But in the end, we managed to make it work so that when you start browsing your texture library within Blender, the system automatically picks up what is relevant. So it finds only those kind of special folders and it only shows you your texture. So there is nothing really that you have to do. If you create a texture, uh, if you create textures on the cloud, then they will be available in Blender and it will make sense. And uh, they will be sorted by project and uh, yeah, there, there will be nothing, nothing to do. It will just work automatically because we try to give a smooth and very easy experience. So. There's yeah. a lot going on behind the scenes, but in the end, it's actually very simple. And uh, we are planning to make a little video that demonstrates the whole workflow just for fun. So, yeah, it's a pretty simple actually creating a texture and everything. And in the add on side, you don't have to do much. You have to update the add on once we release it, by the way. So it's not going to work out of the box with the current add on. So that needs to be updated. But, but yeah, everything, I hope it ideally it would be nice if you can just like select a bunch of textures and just drop it there and automatically do it. But uh, for the time being, you create an asset. So it's like a, you, you give it a name and then you create the variations on it. So it, it makes it it makes it a bit more organized. It's maybe a bit more work uh, at the beginning when you just want to add a, one texture, but it's it's it makes it easier to to find later. Yeah, it is worth it. Just imagine if you could have the Blender add-on there and you're painting a new texture and then you can just 
click mm. a button and say send to texture library on the cloud. Yeah. Wouldn't that well, be cool? It would be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean everything is possible. It's just uh Sivan, if you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Cloud's the limit. Yes. Uh well, yeah, no, wait. No, cloud is the no, okay. Um so yeah, that's that has been uh, my week so far. I did some also some other um fixes here and there, but everything. Oh, now when you click on the comment, actually on the on the notifications, it actually takes you to the right comment on the post. If you're, if you're on the blog, little things like that, the whole week has been used on that. But maybe next week I can go back to the agent. Yay. Go back or go at least once. Yeah, go <laughs> once to the agent. Yeah, yeah, before starting the podcast, we were saying uh, uh, who's using Blender now and Blender Master. And I'm, I'm the only one that is not using Blender this week. <laughs> so sad. Speaking of sad, Speaking uh, of sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. But uh, I think I think the work that you've been doing on the, the these little usability things they they are so important because they make the experience better and it feels that the cloud is improving and uh, we are trying now to move the focus also closer to what we do here in the studio. So in the future, if we are going to introduce new functionality, we are going to introduce new functionality. We are going to focus a lot on things that help us here as well. So like, yeah. you know, getting, uh, integrating integrating the cloud more with our own workflow. So that's... Uh, yeah, well, with, with SVN or even with, with Attract, that is, that's, Attract is going to be like the, the, the exception that you is going to be working on the agent and at the same time working on the cloud. So... Mm -hmm. um, the shot management software is going to be developed. At the same time, we are going to making we are going to be in production for the for the agent. So, yeah. So hopefully, well, most likely next week for the next podcast when Sibran uh, will be here, we will be talking about this. We will be talking about the release of the private uh, texture browser uh, add-on for Blender, and uh, we will see how it goes. We really hope. Uh, uh, it gets picked up, and that uh, many people start using it for their own uh, for their own projects. I think it's very practical. So we are looking forward to share the final the final working thing with everyone. Yeah, okay. now that we have that, we can also add our own uh, improve our own texture library, but like the yeah. official texture library on the cloud, which is has uh, some stuff already, right? Yeah, Ready there's a huge pack coming up, uh, and yeah, there's lots of new textures coming up. We had some in the queue already. Yeah. for a while so there is going to be a big update soon on the textures yeah cool so stay tuned stay yes. tuned Definitely. yes all right well that's great i think uh, we can move on to our final section in the q a uh some yes. uh, comments have been written post in the in the blog and now we are gonna 14 actually wow half cool. of them by luciano <laughs> <laughs> luciano we love you thank you no uh no no not half of them but actually the first two sorry so luciano is asking um i say thanks for replying everything thanks to sivran the amor uh what <laughs> no. nothing nothing no, no, nothing okay. what? move on move on me gustas tu no, <laughs> me gustas too. Uh, that, that's a song. Yeah, yeah. you don't say. You no, shouldn't no. say that. I don't know. I think I don't know. If he has a girlfriend. Or oh, okay, okay. Couple, but okay. okay. Yes. Um, by the way, uh, the new DevScraft speed improvements are they in current master? Yes, they are. Everything that uh, Sergey is doing now, uh, especially on the uh, the updates to the um, DevScraft, they are on master. Yes. The the DevScraft itself, the new one, is not by default on on master, but you can enable it by running blender dash dash enable dash new dash depths graph. Or if probably I'm wrong, so just do dash dash help <laughs> and you'll see you yeah. find it there. Um, but there's uh, the, the, the branch by um, by Lucas. He already made it default there. Yeah. So it's happening. Yeah, so <laughs> finally. And then soon in the studio, we're also going to be switching it because yeah. right now the rigs that Juan Pablo is doing yeah. are working in the old dependency, dependency graph and the new one. Mm -hmm. But soon, we'll, we'll switch make totally. it, yeah, we'll make it default. Yeah. Everything is going to break. Yes. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> awesome, yeah. Cool. So, okay, there are many more comments. Most of them are actually um, uh, some feedback and some new stuff. There's somebody even asking that it could be uh, like a model library that we could, um, that people could 
submit their own stuff and put it on the cloud. Yeah. Um, it's a great idea, but... Yeah, we were talking about this with Pablo earlier today. and uh, Which it, Pablo? <laughs> there can only be one. The, the other Juan, Pablo. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, we were talking about it. And uh, for as much as it's uh, a good idea to have something that is community-driven, because, of course, the uh, the cloud is there because uh, um, because of our supporters. So for us, it's super important to, to get to get uh, to get them on board. We we try to make the the content that we release uh, curated by us. So if people have uh, textures or content that they want to share that want to be released with very permissive license because we use CC zero currently, um, right now we invite people to get directly in touch with us and then we uh, take care of the publishing. And uh, some but people we give credit. Yeah, definitely, yeah. and we give credit. Some people have been very kind, and they have already donated us some textures, and that's what Andy was mentioning. We are going to be publishing them soon. Yeah. And uh, for us, of course, it's very important to share the credit, but we also like to have it directly uh, there in in the cloud, in in the public uh, library directly. So it's uh, is something that technically is not so easy to do: uh, publish assets somewhere and then move them around projects. Of course, it's possible, but uh, for now, we are more focusing on having a direct interaction to who is willing to provide us with a significant amount of textures and deal with that. So, but uh, it's it's a it's a great idea. Yeah, it's a great idea, and uh, I think it eventually it could could become something like that. But yeah, for the time being, if you have something to share, uh, go send an email to cloudsupport.blender.org. And now there is a, some of the assets you will see you will see there is a CC BY or CC BY whatever. CC zero even so uh, there are ways to give credit now on the cloud. So um, that's it. Uh, more questions? Well, actually, yeah, the you new know, texture feature is amazing. Yes, we know, we know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's really, Thank it's you. really cool. Right? Yeah. Um, then there's another one. Victor is amazing. Uh, is there any thoughts about creating a customizable character like CG Cookies Flexi Rig or Maximo uh, Fuse? And Andy, you replied. Saying, I replied, yeah. Yes, that saying that uh, the glass half flexi rig is a good example of that. Yeah, yeah. So if you are looking for a character that can be customizable and can be made to change the shape and everything, mm-hmm. check out the the flexi rig. You can search on the cloud for flexi rig or the glass yeah, half. Yeah, it pops up, and there is also that tutorial from Sarah. Yeah, yeah. where you yeah. can. Uh, and you can make it right. You can. Yeah, she shows it's a complete walkthrough on how to create and customize and bake and start animating with the flexi So it's a very complete video. Cool. And then there is uh, well, we were talking about the add-ons last week, and uh, somebody was asking uh, if Amaranth is still working. Yes, it is working. Just get the latest one. It's on, or get the one from builder.blender.org, and it's up to date and it's working. And the last question by Luciano. This is a bit more of a, of a personal question, which is, um, is uh, I was wondering, you guys have been in Amsterdam, most of you, on and off for the last three years. Actually, it's been more than that. <laughs> we kind of live here now. Um, it's, um, have you learned how to speak Dutch yet? Nay. Thank you, Val. Alsjeblieft. Thank you, Val. Alsjeblieft. Mag ik een biertje? Alsjeblieft. No. Ik begrijp het. Wow, so you're is, so advanced. Yeah. Is any of you involved with more people than the Blender Foundation? And are you liking Amsterdam to stay for good? So, that's a, that's a nice question. So, Francesco, what do you have to say about this? Well, now it's sunny. So my answer is going to be heavily influenced by that. As an Italian, <laughs> yes. For me, the weather is really important. So at, at, especially at first, I had a hard time uh, getting used to living in Amsterdam because of the weather. I remember you during Tears of Steel biking through the city with a jumper on and then cursing when there was a sudden rainfall. Like, <laughs> come on, of course it's going to rain. <laughs> uh, I didn't know. Oh, man. And then when there was sun, like of getting very close to the window standing there, like to get some sunlight. Yeah. But, yeah. So anyway, I I didn't learn Dutch uh, like I think pretty much everyone else here, except for the Dutch-speaking people that uh, learned it before. And uh, I, I'm for the moment, I am planning to stay here. Like it's. Uh, so you like Amsterdam? Yeah, yeah. Amsterdam is uh, Amsterdam is good. It's very different from it. It, it takes uh, years to get used to, but uh, it's uh, it's okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a lovely city, and uh, um, for 
like for the, those people who don't like all the masses of tourists, there is uh, like on the outskirts of Amsterdam, in the amazing Amsterdam North. North. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's actually quite nice and qui- uh, quiet, and uh, with a couple of minutes, you're outside the city. Um, and there's countryside there. There's cows and uh, little fields and forests and everything. It's so nice. The bucolic description yeah. of Andy. But yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's Amsterdam is a place where people actually live, where you can actually live. So it's... Yeah, uh, the tourist madness is, is mostly just in the center. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you, don't, you don't get to see it unless you bike through that's it. That's Pablo lives. <laughs> so, yeah. so bad. When I, when I started here last year, that was only a year ago, um... I was uh, living with Mathieu in the center oh, of the yes. city, right in the red light district. Yeah. And you wouldn't believe how many tourists there are. <laughs> in the evening, at when you go home at eight, you have to dig through the, 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 the walls crowd. of tourists yeah, and yeah. then they would vomit on the streets. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. But still, they would clean, like every morning, there would be the cleaning trucks uh, through the city. So they would clean yeah. the mail, the, the, the mailboxes, the, tra- the trash cans, even they would wipe them and remove the stickers. And it, everything was super neat after that. Yeah. So, so that's really work. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the canals, everything. There's so much work in going into cleaning this city. Yeah. yeah. But that you don't see at all if you live anywhere else than in the city center. Like uh, I, I remember for you, Frank, uh, I was. Uh, so my dad is visiting, and uh, <laughs> we we've been walking every uh, every day, pretty much. He loves walking, and uh, have to give him a bike. Yes, yeah, still yeah. have to. <laughs> so we walk everywhere, and every every now and then, um, I I say, yeah, I, I lived this area once. I live in this area once. So I've been in, I've been living yeah. in many places. No, sounds like a familiar game. <laughs> yeah. Um. So every and the other day we were also in a totally different part near Ooster Park, and yeah, I used to live in here in Camperstrad. Oh yeah, it's so so different. Yeah, yeah, it's um, so those places I remember, and especially when you're Frankie, the first time I came here, it was like 25 minutes from here in the pipe, in area in, uh, in Amsterdam, and you don't really see tourists there, yeah, or other areas where you don't you can spend months, even a year, without going to the city center, unless you really have to. So you don't really see that, uh, unless of course you have. King's Day, or yeah, yeah or you Day. have uh, somebody visiting you, and then you always have to go. Yeah, you straight have to. Okay, the yeah, this is the red light. This is Wonder Park. Yeah, exactly. Is, yeah. And here we're five meters below sea level. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. where the, the elephants. elephants. <laughs> the elephants. <laughs> Story of the elephants. Yeah, but but you no, know, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I also like I love Amsterdam and friends outside of the Blender Foundation. <laughs> that it took me some years, but uh, now um, after we officially move here uh, when we actually got hired like permanently i've been going out a bit more and uh, meeting other people like with the same music interest or whatever yeah. and uh, yeah you get to make a jumping, there, there is pa- jumping partners <laughs> there is life uh, ah, yeah parties <laughs> there's life outside the blender foundation yeah institute the studio studio yeah yeah, board games. You have board game friends. Yeah, that's uh, that has been kind of the weird hook for like me meeting other people <laughs> here. <laughs> that is non blender. No, it's not. Well, it's just funny. You go to Amsterdam and it's like you know Sin City and wow, how did you meet other people than like the whole nerdy thing? Well, like, it's gonna know, be board, board games. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the weather here is fairly similar to Iceland. I would say the it it it's it keeps changing and it's like one day it's weirdly cold the other day it's kind of actually warm and nice it's a bit warmer there are mosquitoes here that do not exist in iceland and that's the one thing that really bugged me because i didn't even i didn't (laughs) even realize (laughs) but uh yeah besides that it is just a lovely place to live um it doesn't it is true that what ton told me in the beginning it doesn't really feel like this huge city it feels more like yeah. a, a kind of a big town you know so it's so, it's, so you kind of you start seeing the same people again and again and uh the biking culture i love it yeah yeah uh, so nice in fact you yeah. can bike in 40 minutes from one point to the other yeah and in within 30 to 40 minutes you can go to this to the countryside that's yeah. amazing totally that's pretty cool just the weather. If the weather was better, but I mean, you can't have it all. Come on, it's not like we're seeing a lot of the weather right now. But yeah. now the windows are draped <laughs> because the sun was shining. 
yeah. through the window. <laughs> Either way, we're going to complain about the weather. Oh, it's too nice out there. It's we have to be nice. working right now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, actually, I found the, that my hometown, Rio Gallegos, is exact same latitude than oh. Amsterdam, but on the other hemisphere, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so if you flip it, <laughs> yeah. then of course there is a rotational difference in the in the Earth, so it's not exactly the same, but from yeah. the equator, it's exactly flipped. Okay. Like nice. I, I planted or something. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so the weather is pretty similar, just a bit more extreme here. It's but colder it's, and but it's a bit higher over the sea level, I'm guessing. No, it's actually sea level where I yeah. am. I'm on the coast. Okay. And then where where Coro is is on the mountains. That yeah. is that is three thousand. That's what 4, I was imagining. Yeah. That's three four thousands above sea level, so wow. yeah, meters. Yeah. So yeah. So we love you, Amsterdam. It's just too expensive too. So you yeah, have it's to. A bit pricey. It's, it's, it's expensive to live here. Yeah. Well. Again, outskirts, Amsterdam mm. North. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the taxes and the pain. And, yeah. It's relatively simple. I would say transport bit, is also not cheap. Yeah, it's it's a bit more expensive than Germany, for example, but uh, it even it evens out for Europe. I would say it's sort of average. Yeah, I'm thinking. Well, uh, what the, about Europe? <laughs> well, <laughs> which Europe? <laughs> which the new or the old one? I don't mm. know. Yeah, of course, this in the south this, life is a little bit cheaper, but if you go in really big cities, like you can see, of course, yeah. compared to, you know, Spain or Italy or Portugal, it's... And then Amsterdam is ridiculously livable, like for that price, it's a, like, it's like you said, it's a nice town. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a big city that is loud and it stinks and no no it's a small kind of town where big things happen yeah. Tim Cook is coming and we're <laughs> <laughs> saying who, who else was coming for that there is like a startup thing with big names yeah plenty of startup Google business guy. going on yeah no and the Blender Institute is here so, well, so yeah you know? exactly yeah that's it yeah yeah yep all right. Well, I think then that's it for all the questions as well. So thanks a lot for asking. Keep them coming. We are happy to talk about anything you ask us about, especially ourselves. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> our towns, churches, whatever. Yeah, ask yeah. us about our hometowns. We're going to make uh, a one podcast per Ooh. hometown. Neskustad, represent. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Rio Gallegos. <laughs> like little yeah, towns nobody never heard of. And uh, well, uh, thanks a lot for tuning in. And uh, until the next time. See you next week. See you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Blender Institute podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Are your bones too stiff? Bend over on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org.